Welcome to Life Talk. In conversation with Marietta, Life Talk is motivational to help you get to the next level. Life Talk is educational to broaden your knowledge. Life Talk is inspirational to get you fine tuned to start doing what you love doing. Life Talk, sponsored by the HealingMindMagazine.com and KMAREducation.org. Here's your host, Marietta. And welcome to Life Talk with Marietta. I'm your host, Marietta Kammerer. Yes, I am sitting in a nice warm place, not in the studio tonight. So our topic tonight, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So this, of course, has different meanings for all of us. Many of us have great ideas and aspirations, but we must take the first step toward goals to catch up in the planning and preparation phase. So, and you know, we spend countless hours researching, analyzing, discussing, you know, discussing our plans, but we fail to take action. That's what we're going to talk tonight. And we're going to focus on work, career, and relationship. It was about work, a career, and making a good living for me. I was looking for challenges. I thrive on challenges. It took me 14 years of working in various positions in accounting as an employee and learning that accounting was not the thing for me. Employee status is not for me either because, I tell you, I like to have freedom of being my own creator, creating my own work. I like the unlimited amount of earning potentials. I am willing to do what it takes. I place myself in the right work environment to develop as a person. Of course, I didn't know about that when I did that. And it's been now 37 years of self-employment. Amen. You know, 37 years. There were hard years, too. But they were great years, too. Great years of growth and achievements. So, but like everything else, we need to know how we should prepare and for what and why. In the house tonight, Laura and Ray Heyman. The Heymans from New Jersey, I always say, I call them. Married for 42 years, always on the go, very active. Ray is a retired teacher, is now a director of a land surveyor company, an author, a performer, and has a very creative spirit. And Laura is a sales manager. Good evening, my friends uh, in New Jersey. How are you? Good. How are you? How are you doing? Good, good, good. Always, always on the go, the Hammonds. <laughs> good. Yeah. And before we get started, we have Rich the T. You know Rich the T, our engineer. He has some announcements for you. So, Rich, um, take it away. All right. Thank you very much, Marietta. First announcement is never miss a Life Talk with Marietta program. Go to lifetalkmarietta.com, a podcast library for easy, easy listening and learning and thehealingmindmagazine.com. Happy birthday, 
now in its fourth year with international contributors on health and wellness, travel destinations, cat advice from cat Benny to cat parents, women empowerment series, variety of great articles for you to choose from, and so much more to choose from. And last, we have the Women Vibe series ebook. It's now ready to download for $19.95 by Marietta Kammerer. Check it out, and you will enjoy the beautiful poems and artwork. Go to thehealingmindmagazine.com for purchase. Front page. Always thought about writing a book and never got to it? Kmar Education and Associates can help from start to finish. Call Kmar Education, 203-505-3660 for appointment. On web, kmareducation.org. You're tuned in to Live Talk with Marietta. I am Marietta. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. In our first segment, we're going to call it the preparation phase and what we need to know. And I say, ask yourself, do, you, do I want to be the boss of my own life? And I say, yes. Take control of your life journey always. Now, the second question I want you to ask yourself, am I boss and entrepreneurial material to earn my own living? I say maybe or maybe not. If you like challenges daily, making things happen and feeling good about it, if you're focused and aligned with your passion, if you want to build a business, if you have the endurance to build the belief in your capabilities, the belief in your capabilities, that takes building. You don't have all this belief up front. You take a chance and you use courage, but you don't have that belief yet. So we, we need endurance to build to be, in order to build the belief in our own capabilities. That in itself will take a lot of missteps till you get it right. And knowing you will be on a roller coaster. You don't know what, what's coming up every day. You don't. You have to be able to withstand that. So it's, there's a lot to it, you know, so versus somebody who uh, gives up their time, goes to work, and has the same task for 8 to 10 hours daily and 40 hours a week and staying within their own work cycle. After a while, you don't even have to engage your brain, and that's really not good. So... Uh, an entrepreneur, believe me, you're on your toes all the time, and you have to be material for it, or you develop into it. You have to say, yeah, I, I want to take a chance. So, um, but I also say in our first segment, mental clarity uh, refers to having a clear, focused mind. It is the state of being able to think, make decisions quickly, and maintain a sense of calmness in the face of challenges. Mental clarity is essential for success in any area of life, whether in personal relationships, career, or personal development. 
Now, I like to bring Ray in. I know you're a teacher. You will always be a teacher, even though you, you're working in a different career field now. Um, when you were a teacher, working with kids, and you did it for how many years? Quite a few years, over 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, yeah. what was your experience uh, with the students in regards to focus? Well, it depends on the age group, right? I mean, I was a teacher and a principal, so I, I, I've spanned the gamut of age groups from elementary to high school, you know, and obviously most high school students, I taught high school for 14 years, uh, most high school students, you know, focus. I mean, I taught, I taught music, I taught choir, but I also had a class that all freshmen had to take called cultural arts. We were trying to teach them about music and arts. So, you know, when you're teaching, you know, you're teaching kids to sing or you're teaching them in a musical, they're there because they want to be. So they're focused, they're laser focused, as opposed to, you know, teaching kids who may not want to be there, but they have to be there. It's a requirement. It's a little different. So it's really the teacher's job to, to get them to focus and, you know, there's all kinds of tricks and things, but, you know, in, in my 27 years in education, um, I've always found it interesting that I've come across those world-class teachers who could teach any kid anything. That's because they really, they understood what it took to get that student to focus, to get to clarify things in different ways, whether it's visually or, or about, or auditorily saying things or tactically, they they knew how to um, teach the same thing in in many many ways, and I think that's that's the important thing. I think sometimes people try stuff and they go, oh, that's not for me, but maybe they didn't do it in a way that speaks to them, you know. And I think that that's that's important, right? Is the clarity, but the interest you know, to help yourself focus on. And sometimes you're just not ready. You know, I've seen people try things, oh, no, that's not for me. And then, you know, a year later, a year and a half later, or whatever it is, they come back to it, and they're in a different mindset. They're in a different place in their yes. life. And it and yes. it clicks for some reason, right? Right, 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 right. I remember in school when I wasn't interested in the topic, right. and um, I had a problem accepting the teacher for whatever reason. Um, mainly because he or she was mean, really hard, hard, harsh person. Um, I totally uh, didn't matter what the person said. And then I really had a problem focusing. I I really did. I, I was just not interested. And there was nothing wrong with me. That was the 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 reason when I didn't focus. And I was very easy. Um, I couldn't stay, I couldn't stay with, I, I couldn't focus what the person was saying when I did focus because um, the kids, we were always horsing around in class. That was more important than what the person said, what the teacher said. So I was very easily uh, thrown out of the mindset, out of the focus uh, mindset. So, and over the years, I learned all of that. And I became very focused. It has to be learned. How do you feel about that, Ray? Focus has to be learned. Oh, yeah. I think it has to be taught, too. And I think uh, I've always found the, the mistakes that 
some educators make or some curriculums make is they, they just teach facts and that's not what you want. I mean, the curriculum that I always designed was either problem-based or project-based because, you know, it was like a mission to Mars was the title of the curriculum. But within it were all of those math and science and reading and writing skills. They were embedded. So kids didn't even know they were learning. They thought they were having fun, but they were focused on the mission to Mars, right? And they were mm -hmm. focused on the unit. But the skills were embedded in into that. Um, and it was... You know, I don't know if it's trickery, but it was just, it was a way, and we, you know, we did, you know, we would look at kids who had learned traditionally, and then we would look at kids that had learned through project or problem-based. Those kids just learned so much more on a deeper level, you know, they just knew, but they also learned the skills that went along with that. But, you know, and here's the problem with education, I don't mean to get on a rant, but, you know, we put kids in grade levels and in curriculums because of their age, right? Which is, which is a huge mistake because not every child is ready mentally or socially to be in that curriculum, in that classroom with kids that age. Some kids are more mature. Some kids are not as mature. Some kids know more. Some kids don't. So, you know, I always say we don't take accountants and go, oh, you're 32 years old, you go in room seven with the 32-year-old accountants, and then next year when you turn 33, we'll move you in with the 33-year-old accountants. Yeah. But we do that in school. We go, oh, you're seven, you're in this grade. Oh, you're eight, you're in this grade. But kids may not be ready for that. You know, there are a lot of uh, schools that have multi-age classrooms because the focus is there. And when you've mastered the curriculum, you move on. So some, again, some kids just aren't ready. I've seen kids in classrooms where teachers thought they were, they were problems, but they were problems because they were bored. They, they knew the material. Exactly. Yes, yes. Um, Ray, I was socially uh, not advanced. Uh, so for me to sit with a group of 30 kids, 25, 30 kids, that was an, an, an event itself and how everybody uh, paid attention. I didn't look at the teacher most of the time. I looked at the kids, at my peers. Right. You know, and if I caught somebody's, you know, if we um, were looking at each other at the same time, we would start giggling and would start doing our own stuff, our games. So right. I was socially not, not that advanced, and I was bored. You're absolutely right. That's what it was. Because at home, we, we, really, we only socialized. That's what my parents believed in. We socialized with our immediate family, not with, right. not with the out, outsiders, not with strangers in apostrophe. Those are not my, that's not my thinking. Those are not my words, but to make it clear. So how can, for me, even today, I get the old feeling when I'm in a group of people, I act differently. I, I think automatically it's fun. Automatically it's fun just because we have 10 people sitting sitting around around the table. And let's have some fun. Let's talk. Uh, a group meant a lot of talking, a lot of laughing, happy times. That's what it meant to me as a kid. And it's still up to today. It still has the same meaning. And I, I, I love it. I do, you know? Right. So, well, I mean, our, our four kids are very social, but that's because from a very early age, Laura had them in, like, even when they weren't in public school, she had them in library, in library school and this, swim classes. Matter of fact, Laura and I are in the supermarket the other night, and this woman comes up to us and says to us, how's Zachary? And Laura's having this conversation. I'm not sure who this woman is, but Laura's having this conversation. Tell her, you know. Yeah, it was Zachary's 
a preschool teacher, but and our son's going to be our son's twenty eight, and his preschool teacher remembers Laura, remembers Zachary, and she's asked because the you know Laura is the one and is the reason our kids are well rounded, empathetic, social because she had them in all of these different activities, and when they weren't in school and it was summertime, she had journals and vacations. They were taking pictures and going to zoos. I never knew where they were in the summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go for a quick break. I, I get the sign. And don't touch the dial and don't go away. We have more to discuss. I didn't come When I saw the break of day I wish that I could fly away Instead of kneeling in the sand Catching teardrops in my hand My heart Life can be unpredictable, and it's very easy to get stuck and stay stuck. Coach Marietta can help you get unstuck. Call 203-505-3660 for appointment. On web, kmareducation.org. We're back from our quick break. I hope you're nice and warm. Uh, we had just a few snowflakes. Snow came and went. I'm doing the show from home because of the weather in case we have icy weather. So thank you, Rich T, being in the studio. And it's not always uh, easy to hear the music, uh, so I will do the best I can. It's because of the connection. It's different from when I'm in, in, in the uh, studio, of course. We're talking about the way to get started um, quit talking and start doing, but mental power is important and having a clear sense of direction. Uh, Ray, what has your experience been with adults having really a clear sense of direction before I t- start talking about mental power? Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the things we do, um, every matter of fact, every Tuesday this afternoon, and I, I have a manager's meeting, you know, so it's myself, the CEO, all of the managers, right? And we, you know, we talk about the financial health of the organization, but one of the things we, we talk about are issues. So there are any issues we need to discuss. And then we discuss them. And believe me, I love all the people I work with. They could sit around though and talk for five, six hours about what's going on. But for me, as the COO, the operations person, I want to solve the problem. So we have this, uh, we have a list of what's called rocks and to-dos, right? So if we talk about an issue, we have to come up with a solution, right? And we create either a to-do, which is someone's going to own that to-do. And a to-do is something we're going to do in the next week or two weeks. A rock is a little bit longer. A rock is for the quarter. So it's something that's going to require a little bit more thought, a little bit more planning, perhaps a policy or a process, but somebody's going to own it. And so each week when we meet every Tuesday, we look over our rocks and our to-dos and we talk about the progress of them and we celebrate when it's completed and we can cross it out and we can move it to our completed list. And at the end of the year, you know, we look at our completed list and all the things that we've done, all of the rocks and to-dos we've accomplished. And that's kind of how we keep the organization healthy. It's how we keep moving towards our strategic goals 
but um, everybody's responsible for rocks and to-dos, and that's how we take action. Because to me, you can sit around and talk for hours and hours, and yet it's all about the actions that make the difference, right? It's always through those three, those three basic questions, right? What's wrong, right? What's working? Because we don't want to break what's working. And what are we going to do to make it better? And what are we going to do to make it better is the most important question. Right. I like to bring the focus also. I want to stay with, uh, the, you know, having a sense of direction. Uh, in general, though, so a lot of people are out there working. They don't like their job. It's starting to affect their, their health. But they're unsure. They're really unsure, unclear what they would like to do. So, and um, they're not even certain about the, the skills and talents that they have and that they gained over the years. That they're not able to use at their job, but one, you know, they're doing it as a hobby and, and whatnot. Some people write like you. Your your book is coming out here very shortly. A, a book on fly fishing. We were talking about that before the before we got on air. So we all have skills and talents. And the longer you stay in the job where you just, you know, put in your time and get the paycheck on Friday or twice a month, whatever, um, it's not good for you. It's just really not good for you. I know I got sick. I got sick. Um, it had nothing to do with the company. It, 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 I have to have challenges, but I didn't know that at the time. And as soon as I placed myself in that environment, where I have to make things happen every single day, day in, day out. Um, by the end of the week, you can really tell yourself, well, how did I do? Well, not too good because I don't have any results. And this goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And as long as you have the desire to succeed, you will. And it took me five years, folks, five years, till I had it all in order. Until I was able to to do step one through step ten very in a very easy manner, and uh, ten was the achievement when I got to uh, step ten. I wanted this because too many people discouraged me, including management, and they told me. I think I told this story before. They told me to go in the unemployment line, and I asked why. Why I didn't know anything about unemployment. Uh, yeah, because I would earn more money. <laughs> That's how they wanted to get rid of me. I never forget that. And two days later, I, I went in to the boss's office and I said, I understand the figures look bad, but I will not fire myself. And he liked that. And, you know, 2001, after I worked in Hamburg, Germany for 10 years, I looked up that same manager. And um, uh, I called him up and I asked if I could see him. And I did. And I said, John, I understand. I said, I made a six-figure earner out of myself. I said, that's something to be proud of. So um, I, I never forget that. There were too many other people uh, saying, oh, you're not making any money. You have to pay your dues. When you go into the self-employment arena like I did, you have to pay your dues. Ray, how do you feel about self-employment, even though you've never experienced it, you never chose that area, but how do you really feel about that? Well, I mean, fine. I mean, the, 
the company that I work for now, we're only 30 people strong and the, there's one owner. Um, you know, he's, um, he's an entrepreneur. He's what I would call an entrepreneur. You know, he, he, um, he's worked in this industry for a while, but he decided he didn't want to work for someone. He wanted his own business because he had a vision. He has a vision. I shouldn't say he had a vision. He has a vision. And, um, yeah, it's one of, I, I left a very successful job at a software company to go and work for him because I met him and, uh, he set up a meeting for us and we were supposed to talk for a few hours and I wound up staying for six hours and we talked and, um, yeah, I believed in his vision. It, it aligned with, with mine about change and process and things like that. But yeah, I think, I don't think self-employment's for everyone. I think it's scary for some people. Uh, and I think sometimes the small little business, you know, starts out and turns into something much, much bigger now, especially with today's, right? You have, you have the Etsy's and you have the Amazon's, you know, you have people, uh, Spot, Shopify. So you have people who are selling art or selling, um, you know, like our daughter-in-law sells, uh, she's an unbelievable knitter. Jeez? She has her own. Jeez? She has her own uh, Instagram page and Etsy page. She has like four thousand followers on her Instagram page. Mm. And, and um, what does she you know, sell? So, I didn't. I didn't understand that. What, oh, is, what she, is she selling? She, she knits all kinds of shawls, hats, all kinds. And this oh. is just this isn't her regular job. This is just she works from home. She's a customer service head of customer service for a company. But she'll be out like walking, exercising, and, and she knits while she <laughs> walks. When she was in college, she was knitting during the class. It helps her focus. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's very, it's a very unique, unique selling point, the USP, you know, uh, knitting while you're, while you're, <laughs> while you're talk, while you're walking. I love it. I, I would do something like that if I knew how to, how to knit. Uh, but yeah. I would do something like that. It's, it's also expressing yourself and, and, and standing behind what, what you're doing. And no it doesn't, you know, that's what it's all about. And the desire to achieve that was always in me. The vision I had, I thought I had the vision. Uh, certainly had the desire to succeed. That was really that was the big thing. And but I like to figure out the how. Don't tell me what to do. I will figure it out because the way you're doing it and you're doing it is not the right thing for me. I need to figure it out, and I always did. So, and as time went on and you hang in there, you hang in there and uh, because you put in the same time, you know, the same time and uh, when things didn't work out, you reflected and um, then you did it a different way. I, I tell you, these five years was like going to, to a university. That's really what it, what it was. So I didn't make money the first five years, not at all. But you know what? After the fifth year, there was no stopping me. And see, all of these skills, you have a lifelong, you can go anywhere in the world, and you can use that, anywhere in the world. And you will never lose that, you know, as long as you stay healthy and, and, and everything. Um, also, mental resilience. Um, mental resilience is the ability to bounce back from setbacks and challenges. And while I was doing that, um, life has a different rhythm. So... We all experience challenges and adversity. A lot of people quit what they, what they started doing. I didn't quit. I used uh, the 
the the the the adversity because I got divorced and my parents died at the same time and that was very very bad for me uh, and I used my work uh, as an anchor so I I really immersed myself into my work and it it worked instead of giving up because what what I what was I to do I was in a, in a different country in Germany and what do I do. Um, just give up, pack everything up, and come home with two suitcases? Absolutely not. So that's it, it, that was an anchor, and it, it kept my mind off of all of that. Till I came home at night, and then I broke into tears. And this went day on, every day, day in, day out. But work was, was my best uh, my best friend, and I stuck to it. And it wasn't easy. But I did it, and that's why I'm saying we all have a choice. We can all do it whatever we want to achieve in whatever areas of life we want to improve. So um, let's, think let's just it, say, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I think all too often people see mistakes as failure, and it's it's not. You know, we, we I've always tried to have a work environment, and I think we have that now, where if someone fails, you know, we don't like, you're not going to, people know at least where I'm, where I'm at now, you're not going to get chastised. A, a mistake is an, is an opportunity to learn, right? You make a mistake, you say, oh, all right, why did I make that mistake? And, you know, sometimes we celebrate those mistakes, especially when you can figure out what, what happened, what went wrong, right? And then whenever we plan to do something, we always say, all right, what are the, what are the potential mistakes? What are the potential challenges we're going to have? And how do we avoid those? But people make mistakes all the time, and sometimes that's the end of it for them. They go, oh, that's it. I'm done. I failed. But it's not. It's about saying, all right, I might have made a mistake, but let me try it differently. Let me figure out why it didn't work, right? And that's, that's the people that succeed. They don't give up. They figure it out, and they try it again. And they try it again until it, until it actually works. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, um, what are the reasons people change their lives? And I came up with that people change when motivated by a sense of independence, a sense of competence, and a sense of connection to others. And for me, it was always the independence. I'm an independent thinker. I was that. I was independent at age two, and I was thinking <laughs> independently, right? I, I knew what I wanted. I'm being a little um, funny, but it's true. So an independent person in general needs to be independent. Let them do their own thing. You know, of course, I had to learn deadlines. I had to learn a lot of things. I had to learn and overcome uh, bad habits. Um, all of this, just because you're self-employed, doesn't mean you, you have the structures, the correct structures inside of you that needs to be built. So, uh, but I was willing, willing to do it, and I hung in there. So uh, I like to move over to relationships. And I also want to say one thing. Anytime I, I, I feel, anytime you want to change something, and the first thing I do is change the people I look, I evaluate my environment and what kind of people I have in that environment. Are they well-wishing people? Are they well-wishers? Or are they just waiting for me to, to, um, to fail? Um, very, very important to me. And... I think 
it, from time to time to clean to clean the environment, to clean house, whether they're friends, their family members, or whoever they are, acquaintances. You meet these people. I don't know where they're coming from, but they come into my life. And, you know, um, I'm happy to share what I'm doing, and I'm motivating people, and um, I, don't, I don't get the same feedback from them. And that means they, they're not for me. Of course, you don't know that till you go a little ways. From them. But anyway, um, areas of relationships, in order to build healthy, healthy relationships, we have to be healthy. Because if we're toxic, we will meet toxic people. And um, yeah, why am I saying that? It's just so important because looking back, we all can clean up our own act, you know, right from, from way back. And uh, when I look back, what type of people I um, attracted, you know, I had the answer over time. And as you're changing, so are changing the people in your life that come into your life. That's the point I wanted to make. So about finances, if you want to change anything about finances, you want to household better with your money. Start bringing lunches or dinner to work. Uh, stop ordering out. A terrible habit of spending money every single day. I don't care if you have it or not. It's still a bad habit in my eyes. That doesn't mean that people are looking at that. What do you think about that, Laura? I didn't even talk to you yet. What do you think about well, how that is you know, true people because with the fi- with the finances? No, that is true because I remember when the kids were growing up. In the morning, sometimes I would run to the corner store and it would be sixteen dollars. And this is back few years and uh and i started adding it up in my head and i was like this is like a utility bill i gotta stop doing this so that's when we started doing costco and budgeting a little bit better you know buying in bulk but it's true you know you don't realize until until like for instance during the pandemic i think a lot of people weren't out spending and you found that you could do without certain things yeah oh absolutely People um, weren't running to Starbucks every morning to get their lattes and, and such. So it's, uh, Yeah, you wonder I think, why. Drink your coffee, you know, drink your coffee at home. Have breakfast at home. Don't, don't. Now, I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm just giving my opinion. I don't want to get anybody mad. So everybody do whatever they want to do. But for me, yeah. unthinkable. For some people, unthinkable. It's a, social thing, though, Marriott. We, on our block, I used to say to Ray, why are they going to the corner store for coffee? But they, that, if you live alone, I guess you're touching and talking, you know, with people instead of being by yourself in the house having your coffee. So I guess that's for some people the reason why, you know. You're right. I see that with, with many people. Um, uh, they have like a little click click of women or men and yet it's true when I go into some of the coffee shops you know they they meet every day you know uh, in the afternoon whatever so you're absolutely you're right about that absolutely I didn't even think about that but uh, for myself I don't need that if I want to socialize I go on TikTok I drink my coffee you know at you know in the morning I don't I stop drinking and eating food in the car as I'm going on an appointment or, or in general, because this is, you know, you're dressed up, you don't, you know, you're starting to eat a donut or you're starting to eat a, some sandwich, you know, with sauce, 
No, 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 no. For me, it works. I eat at home, and I don't eat anything in the car prior to going to the appointment. And I don't want to spend the money. Because, you know, an order of fries, I'm exaggerating a little bit, it's $16.95. $16.95 for an order of fries. Are you kidding me? No. No, no, no. And you know what? I thought when we had the, um, the COVID and we couldn't go anywhere except to maybe to the grocery store, I saved a lot of money. And how did I do that? By not spending it, I saved money. I love it. You know, and many times now, now we can, of course, we can go out, we can go on appointments. And, you know, I'm thinking from time, well, maybe I could stop here or there uh, because I'm hungry. I feel that uh, hunger uh, coming up. And I said, no, 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 I can make it home because I got good food at home, you know. So, but we should look at the finances if we, you know, do you really need that uh, coffee every single day or that latte or frate or whatever you call it? You know, it, it added up, added up by the week, times 52, you know? That's so, true. That's true. You know? So, but you're right. If you socialize, maybe then you have the money to do it. You know, what the heck, another cup of coffee. You know, you're not working. It's okay. That's fine. So, okay. We're going for a break, and we'll be back. So, don't touch that dial. Have you been dreaming of writing an excellent story for a long time? You thought you could make a film out of it. Or have you had a personal experience that would be suitable as a film? Or maybe it's that unusual idea, crazy stories, eerie tales, or other impressions that spur your thoughts to creativity to write a film story? However comes that frustrating realization, if I only knew how. Well, screenwriting can be learned. That is exactly what we'll help you with. Contact Wolfgang Andre at wolfgang.andre at hotmail.com. That's wolfgang.andre at hotmail.com. Let's build your future together. Contact Wolfgang Andre at wolfgang.andre at hotmail.com. That's wolfgang.andre at hotmail.com. Let's build your future together. Want to be a part of our radio community? Have a special service to offer? We'd like to talk to you. Contact our office, info at kmareducation.org today. At M&T Bank, we believe in the power of together. That's why we give every M&T employee 40 paid volunteer hours each year to use however they choose. Here's how one team member is spending their 40. I'm Todd Bailey, branch manager in Torrington, Connecticut. I believe people are the heart of every community. Through organizing and running food drives for our local food bank, friends in service to humanity, I'm making sure no neighbor goes hungry. Learn more about how we're working together to move our communities forward at mtv.com slash together we can. Member FDIC. Yeah, I tweaked my back. I twisted my ankle. I never knew a sprain would last this long. Sometimes our bodies need physical therapy to recover from painful injuries. And now you can make an appointment on your own without a referral. Hartford Healthcare Rehabilitation Network has skilled physical therapists at more than 50 locations. Start recovering right away. Visit hartfordhealthcare.org PT. That's hartfordhealthcare.org PT. Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? 
Every day we're thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. You can trust my Patriot Supply. Our emergency food kits come packed with tasty meals, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to government food lines. Time is running out. Become ungovernable. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save on dozens of different emergency food kits while you can. These kits are in stock, ship fast, and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com Listen for Angels in Heaven anytime online at WICC600.com. Sponsored by Abriola Parkview Funeral Home in Trumbull. Life Talk with Marietta continues on WICC 600. Thank you for turning in to Live Talk with Marietta. Tonight joining uh, me is Laura and Ray Heyman from New Jersey. So um, I want to get back to being able to focus. Ray, what do you think about multitasking and how well are you doing with multitasking? You wouldn't mind sharing it with us. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean... Uh... I guess I've been doing things long enough. I, I know how I work, so I can multitask. I have three mm-hmm. monitors on my desk. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I usually have three things going on. This morning at 7 o'clock, I ran a health and safety meeting on one screen. I was on uh, Microsoft Teams, and I had two other spreadsheets on another screen that I was doing things on and in between. It's never been a problem for me, and I've, and I've always been able to multitask and prioritize and get things done. But again, <clears throat> I know how I work and I know what I can do, what I can't do. I, mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can put my deadlines together, but it's not for everybody. I mean, I have people I work with that they're, they need to focus on one thing at one time. You know, they might have six jobs on their schedule, but if they can't get any one of them to a hundred percent and out the door to our clients, it's useless. Right. So, um, yeah, they have to you have to be able to get things done. But I've yeah, I've worked with people who can multitask, people who can't, and it, it's you know it's just it, I think it's understanding what you can and can't do about yourself. You know, I've worked with a lot of people Absolutely. on time. Yeah, I've worked with Absolutely. people on time management. I work with a lot of the people and work on developing a system for themselves to succeed, to track their to-dos, to track their deadlines, but it, it always comes from what what works for them, right? Because I, right. Can, 
I can impose a system on anybody, but it doesn't matter. It, it has to work for them. It's like you were saying before, you know, about um, entrepreneurship, but, but you know, uh, working with different people, right? It's, I've always found the best way uh, to get people to act and do is to say to them, hey, I have this idea. I don't tell them, I'm not telling them how I want them to do it. I'm just getting them together in a room and planting the seed. You know, I say, I have this idea. We need to do this because here's why. But figure out how to do it. And that's, for me, that's always the best way to get people to own stuff and to have focus and clarity and, you know, to come back and say, hey, Ray, here's, here's what we think and great. Let's keep going on that line or how about this, you know? But it's, um, yeah, it's about giving people ownership and buy-in, you know, especially when it, when it comes back to multitasking and getting things done um, because it's an important skill, especially nowadays. Right. Now, I don't believe what I read um, from time to time, and uh, multitasking can reduce focus and productivity as the brain struggles to switch between tasks quickly. Now, here's what I have to say to that. I do this every day, just like you, Ray, you know, in my own environment. Now think about, take the TV clicker, the TV clicker. So we're changing the program. The first program is a talk show. We're clicking it again. It's a cooking show. Next one is a sports show. The other one is a, um, a thriller. And click through all the different programs, and your mind has to adjust to it. The brain has to adjust to it. So it's the same when you work with people. Um, you, you're, you're, you have different people come up to you saying different things. You have to adjust the brain. You have to adjust. You have to be able to adjust to it. And I find that very difficult for a lot of people. Well, you know, um, Mary, very, very interesting just to jump in on that. So um, uh, when I went to work for my boss, he handed me this little one-page guide, and it says how to work with James. And he, he knew how he worked best with people. And instead of people coming into our organization and trying to figure it out, he had this little guide, which at first goes, you go, oh, really? But then you look at it and you, and it, it really works, you know, in terms of working with him. He has this little one-page guide that we give to everybody who's new that's going to be working with him, you know, and it helps them not to have to figure it all out because he's got it figured out. It's like, here's, here's how I work best, you know, and this, this might be good for you and otherwise we'll have to adjust it, but it, it, mm -hmm. it works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially, Ray, uh, when you work with people and the spoken word and, you know, it's, it's, it's let's say you're working with customers and um, there's a certain movement, a certain um, things have to go, you know, fast, let's, let's just say. So um, uh, the spoken word is fast. And a lot of people have big time problems because they have listening problems to begin with. And adjusting, correcting the brain, hey, they took care of the man, now it's your turn, and you have, let's say you're at a car dealership, and you're explaining to service what's wrong with your car. So if that person cannot listen, and a lot of people have listening, they don't have, they have very poor listening skills in general, in general I'm talking about. So uh, it's that constant adjustment to the spoken word. I have to, for instance, when I have guests, 
uh, like you tonight. I, I cannot see you. I can only hear you. I constantly have to focus on what you're saying, the spoken word. And, uh, you know, uh, look at my notes and just to keep the conversation going. Uh, so it's adjustment in the brain. That's what I'm talking about. I can multitask too. And I know for certain tasks, I need a different energy because it's a different shift. Shift of energy. Well, when, I, yeah, when I call, but... when you solve a problem, right, at work, that's a different energy state. You're in a different state of mind versus when you just go over, uh, um, let's say, procedures, company procedures that you need to adjust. It's, right. a, different, well, it's a different energy field we're talking, we're, well, we're who, working with. People who I'll mentor at work, you know, especially if they're, they're we have about six, seven young, younger people who, you know, who've been with us for a year or so. And, you know, we want them to move up because I think one of the great things that James and I have in place at our companies, we, we have, everybody is looking for who is going to replace them, who's going to do their job when they move up. So we always want somebody training, right? We want three, three deep. We want three people. We want an expert intermediary and a new person learning. But one of the things I always encourage all the people that I mentor is to put a half hour a day aside just to sit and think about something, right? Sit and think about a problem. Don't just react. Because, you know, if you look at all the brain-based research where what happens when you, when you get a, something new comes along, the first thing your brain does is look in its file cabinet for an experience or, or something similar to that. And if you don't have anything, that's where you get stuck, right? So I always encourage them when, you have a new, when we have a new problem or we're going to take out a new kind of job or we, we just recently, about a year ago, created a, a drone department to, for surveying. But we, we sat, we did our research, we thought about it because there was a lot of us who knew nothing about it. But it's, it's about preparing your brain because your brain is going to say, whoa, wait a minute, I know nothing about this. So sometimes when people are multitasking, they come across that task or they're given that assignment and they know nothing about, they, they freeze because, you know, they don't have that experience as opposed to those people who say, yeah, I'll take on that challenge. Just let me figure it all out, you know. And there's, you know, it's all about personalities. Everybody learns and acts differently. And like you said yeah. about listening, right, there's listening and then there's active listening. Right. I always teach everybody who answers the phones for us that deal with customers who are calling about something to say, okay, so this is what I hear you saying. And they repeat it back. Right. So it does two things. It helps solidify it in my employee's mind of what the customer is saying, but it also gives the customer an opportunity to say, no, 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 that's not what I said. I'm saying this. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's active listening. And that's a big, big difference. Yes, absolutely. Now we're talking about the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. That's easier said than done, yeah, because we're in the preparation phase. We, we need to prepare ourselves. And um, there are a lot of, you know, people that are, let's say, in chronic, that have chronic health conditions. It's very, very hard to want to have the desire to learn something new. It happens to some people. I am absolutely certain of that. Yeah, but uh, I remember when I'm not feeling well. When I'm not feeling well, there were those. I've had problems with teeth, and you know, with the this and that and the other. You know, when you weren't really not when something was the matter with with your body. 
you know, I didn't want to hear new things, and I wasn't even up to the old things that I do so flawlessly all the time that are, that, you know, that are part of my nature all the time. So um, people that have mental issues, you know, it's very hard when you're constantly in a state of anxiety and depression. You know, it, it, it's tough. So there are people that are, have experienced burnout. Um, I understand. But we need to start at least learning a little bit about it. That's all I want to do with this program. You know, and I'm asking everybody, just try it. Try to do something new and just stick to it. Ray, what do you think about that? We yeah, have no, I agree. Two minutes left. It's, we have two minutes it, left. Especially, if, uh, I mean, just bring about hobbies, right? And, you know, I was just talking with someone today. They're, they were in my office telling me how stressed they were over the kids and this and work. And I'm like, you need a hobby. Like today, it was snowing like crazy, right? I went out, got my lunch, and I sat in my car in the back of the parking lot with no music on and just ate my lunch and watched the snow. You know, it mm-hmm. it's just you got to find something to do. I have my guitar. I play my guitar and work. I'll close my door at lunchtime or in the morning before work starts. you got to have a hobby. You know, Laura likes to read. She loves hockey. She's following the hockey. <laughs> so it, you have to have an outlet. Otherwise, it's just not healthy. Absolutely. And, you know, I find it a... It's a treat for me if I can just sit quietly, and I do that because I do have a home office, and during the day when I, I'm feeling I'm starting to get really, um, you know, I have to take a break. You just know that feeling inside, and if I can just sit and just be very quiet and start thinking about other things, you know, I, it's, it's heavenly to, to just to be able to think and, and feel good. About it. it makes me feel good when I think, and I think all the time. Even when I wake up and during the night, the brain is going. It's 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 amazing, and you can't turn it off. You know, it, it you know whatever. But I think you everybody. It, it's worth it to have some joy in your life, and even if it's a, even out, if it's a even if it's a pet, a dog or cat that you can just sit there. You know, we have dogs and cats, and they're always happy to see us. We sit there. It calms your nerves, but to have a, a, the love of a dog or an animal or anything, I mean, you know, it's just oh, the, yes. it's part of a great thing in life. Yeah, it's just to pet them. And we, I have a cat, Ellie, um, yeah. and she she had some health issues, you know, for a couple of months walking. And um, when I relax, she comes right over and she, you know, she lays with me on the couch and uh, she loves it. It's just that quiet time. And after a half an yeah. hour, I feel rejuvenated, you know. So it yeah. is worth trying, finding out more about it and learning how you tick. And I'm talking about the audience, your listeners, how you tick is the most important thing. So anyway, I want to thank Laura. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Ray. And soon, the next time we have you on, the book will be out. No, it'll be right? a little bit long. Probably another two, three months, but it's getting there. Oh, really? That long? Getting there. Yeah. You know, it almost feels time. as a, as an author. You know, you wrote it. You want to have. You want to get it out there. You know, I, I feel very impatient. Like, you know, with my stuff. So like anyway, like I want to. Good evening, right. Good evening. Thank you so much, and thank you, our listeners. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Rich. Hi.